Welcome to the podcast Appetite for Life with me, Karen Kelly, keeping the spiel real as we discuss today's habitual lifestyle with various topics, the occasional guest, women in business and fun, interesting chat. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent, work from home, have a sleepy commute to the office or flying high around the globe, there's something for everyone and anything goes, but keep it clean. It's just everyday life and how we fill it, so tune in and pump up the volume. It's good to talk with an appetite for life. So I'd like to welcome Kirsty James. Kirsty James is the owner of Colony Networking, founder and manager of Lim Business Centre, curator of TEDx Warrington, and co-host of both LinkedIn Local Manchester and Warrington. Kirsty, you sound like a wonder woman. <laughs> Tell us all about yourself and how you got involved with all these different projects. The simple answer is probably that I'm really rubbish at saying no to things. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> Could um, be. Uh, I'm just one of those people that just re- likes to be super busy. And uh, I think I just go from busy to busy. Not to be busy for busy's sake, um, um, but purely because I really like a variety. I like getting involved in projects. I like using my own skill set to help. And, and if I can help, I listen to people's requests to get involved with things. and think, do you know what? That sounds really fun. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it will keep me inspired and motivated. So why not? So I'm, I'm, I always give everything a shot. I always listen to every possible idea. And that's what has probably found me doing an awful lot of different things in my, sort of, uh, in my career. Definitely. Do you find that you're one of those people that you can't help yourself? You go in there and you completely take over because you're that organized. You've got that drive and ambition. You just can't help yourself. Yeah, that does happen quite a bit. I get quite impatient with things. I, I oddly, I'm not um, you, you sort of your you main team leader normally. And and contrary to what people might think, because of my industry and networking, uh, they might think, oh, extrovert and bossy and leader. That's actually not me. I'm actually the other way. I'm 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 a, a listener. I'm a kind of a, uh, more of an introvert. Actually, I do sit back and I listen, take on board the information. But then when I see things not happening around me, I am a doer. I have to dive in and I have to start doing things so whilst I'm not a kind of a you know big boss bossy let's you delegate everything I do take too much on myself probably rather than delegate I do like to see things being achieved rather than just talked about yeah yeah well that's not a bad thing that's a good thing so how did you get involved then in networking when did it all start for you Oh, uh, quite a long time, probably about 14 years ago, I was still in employment in a corporate environment and um, we were throwing around ideas of how to try to reach decision makers and decided that it would be quite good to get some of the um, support staff within um, different organisations that we worked with together because often they can be sort of the, the gate, they're the key, you know, they're the key holders, the gatekeepers to reaching the decision maker. And a lot of times people think about uh, networking only as being you know it's between the sort of the, the people at the top of the food chain the people that the big bosses and the directors that might be at you know lunches and awards and golf on golfer courses and when we threw ideas around um we decided actually if you could reach the people that were sort of um you know just part of the team but lower down the chain sort of thing and get them having the relationship it might open some doors so that was probably where the idea was born i then subsequently stepped out of corporate life and um, set up my own business in 2007, but in nothing related to networking in, um, in finance and decided to put the networking on as a way of trying to bring a lot of local businesses that I was aware of together, really for a quarterly cup of coffee for, for free, just to see if we could keep it local and maybe chat to each other and see if there were ways that we could do business with each other or solve some solutions between us. 
and that's kind of where it went um it, it sort of took off from there and it, it fast tracked from sort of you know your quarterly free cup of coffee to monthly then a small charge I went into partnership for a couple of years and we sort of did some bigger things like running some expos and some bigger events and then um from mm. 2014 onwards mm. I've been running it myself mm. and, and just took it back to its it's uh, it's core which is really it is pure networking whatever your station in life whatever your title whatever your job it's just about relationships and taking it back to its roots of what what it was all about solving problems through people and meeting the right people and getting the introductions to the right people definitely definitely it sounds like it's going from strength to strength so do you think then that networking is just about business because i know that some people are a little afraid of it there's a big gray gray area hanging over it maybe afraid it's a little salesy and about looking for clients and new prospects so what would you say about that i think that is probably um both the biggest myth um and also the thing that holds people back when people think that networking is just business personally I, I i think networking has the potential to solve problems in both personal as well as your business life and certainly the doors it's open for me and the opportunities to meet people and solve things across the board for friends for family for business connections as well has been great so i always uh, would encourage people to think about it as not business as creating sort of business friendship maybe um, and going into it with a very open mind as to where it will lead I think the people that maybe come into it thinking it is prospecting don't do as well as they could do out of it. We are in business obviously to make a living. So if, if we just accept that that's a given, that we do want to meet people obviously that potentially could turn into prospects and then clients, that's great. But let's just park that for a moment because that kind of comes naturally further down the track when a relationship is there. And, and the very first thing that has to happen is we have to get to know each other just on a level playing field as human beings. And then after getting to know each other, we have to kind of start liking each other and building up that relationship. And, and then eventually we move along to a, a point of trust. And, and there is a, a journey of, of no like trust. I blog about a KL, having the KLT factor. You get to that point of trust and that's really where the business is done. That's when business and clients, uh, prospecting clients can come into their own. Sometimes people get lucky. First event, you know, they walk in, somebody is a web designer, there's a web designer there, bingo. It's great if that happens. Yeah. I think going in, hoping to just prospect and sell is, you know, they're missing the point about all the other things, the learning, the self-development, the friendship, the emotional support, the getting away from isolation if you're working on your own, um, having a network of people to pull on to run problems by, sourcing suppliers, sourcing associates, opportunities for projects and associate work, there's so much more. And it's sadly because of the prospecting salesy kind of angle that hangs over it, I think those people that start out in business um, maybe you're you know, new to business, great what they do, but not yet great at running a business. They get put off from coming to something because they are a bit worried about what the format will be. Yeah. My experience of attending these networking meetings, I mean, the very first one, it was really nerve wracking. You don't know what to expect. You're walking through into a room full of people that are strangers to you. But then when you've, you know, even after maybe half an hour and you've chatted to a few people and you sat around the table, it's amazing what friendships you do make. And the more you go to and you see those familiar faces and then you remember what they do. And it, it's an easy, it's easy really networking, isn't it? Once you get to know somebody and someone says, oh, I, I need a, a joiner or I need a, a decorator, I need a designer, you, you know where to go to straight away. I think it does take time, but I think it definitely works. It, it really does. 
Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely, there's a whole network of solutions sitting there once you get past that front door, as you say. But I think, you know, there's lots of tips around how you do that. And I think really just researching where you're going to go so that you know where you're going to walk into and having someone to go and meet um, and making sure that the the leader of the group or the, the organiser of that event is aware of your circumstances because then they can welcome you because if you find the right group with the right culture and the culture comes down from the organiser and the network leader, they will make sure they look after new people. So there should be never any worry about that sort of level of intimidation. As you say, within half an hour, you can sort of fit right in. We sat beside someone fantastic, having a conversation you never would have dreamed you'd ever have. Exactly. And what people forget is that everybody else is in the same position. They've had their first meeting. They know what it's like. I normally make a beeline for the person that stood on their own because you've, we've all been there. We know what it's like, don't we? And I think we've probably answered the next question. Does network actually, does networking actually work? Well, I think we've answered that, haven't we? It does work. Um, but do we need face-to-face -face networking in a world that is increasingly online certainly not at the moment but surely social networking does the job yeah that's a question i get asked all the time because you're either in the camp of um i like the face-to-face -face stuff or you're in the camp of i prefer to social network and i'm a face-to-face -face networker by by pass um i prefer it i like the fact that i connect with someone i like the fact that we can get up close and personal but actually that physical connection you can look at somebody you can see their eyes you can judge their body language um totally yeah sort of get that gut instinct on what somebody's doing you can see whether their eyes are flicking over the shoulder to look for somebody else and they're distracted or whether they're concentrating and they're listening you can take in your surroundings and the subliminal conversation around you to know what else you want to tune into you can survey a room and work out oh gosh there's so and so that i saw last time i really wanted to make sure i saw them as well so you have a much bigger view uh, and also a much um there's much more variety in the level of connectivity you can have when you're in person so I'm a huge proponent of that, but not everybody's comfortable with that. For some people, they, they tell me that would be their worst nightmare to walk into a room full of strangers and where do they start? And they just need the, the resources and skills to do that. I think the perfect scenario and the answer to the question is really you need the combination of the two. Um, we're in a time, obviously, at the moment where online is increasing. It was increasing anyway. Social networking is booming. And, and really, you have to have some visibility on that. To do one without the other really doesn't work. So no. in person... But subject to the sector you're in, what you need, how much time capacity you've got, great. Um, but making sure that it's balanced with that online presence, because there's no point turning something once a month at an event and then you disappear off the radar. You can fill those gaps very easily by just having visible, consistent online presence on social media and finding the right network to sit on for that as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what do you think, what's your biggest no-no in networking? Uh, what do you love about it and what do you hate about it? Oh, right, well, I've touched on one of the no-nos. It, it's an obvious one, the sales. The sales yeah, the thing. sales you know, decide. Sell, yeah. sell less aggressively. Sell by explaining your solution, um, listening to the person first, working out if they have a problem that relates to what you have. And if they do have that problem, then you can explain your solution great. If they don't have a problem that's related to you, think about you know, a different solution, somebody else's. Go dive in with the sales pitch for yourself if it's totally irrelevant to what they have. So the sales angle is a big no-no for me. Um, it just needs to be twisted in a different way. It can exist, but not as direct sales. The other big no-no for me is lack of follow-up. Uh, we are all busy people, I get that. A lot of people network, I network usually when it's in person, um, 
nearly every day of the week. I'm certainly doing more than every day at the moment online. Um, you know, there's sort of a, a back-to-back Zoom some days. And I do that often for, you know, there's some great education out there at the moment and resources and connection with people. But if you don't follow through and follow up with those people, you may as well have just thrown your money in the toilet, really. You can put your net worth yeah. pounds straight into, into the loop because you've had that opportunity and that door opened. The, the event or the organiser has given you the vehicle to meet someone and then you've chosen not to see it through. It's like stacking up loads of business cards and then leaving them in your handbag for a year. Now, even if we're busy and it takes time and don't put the pressure on yourself, you've got to follow up straight on it that afternoon. Sometimes it takes you know, days, weeks, whatever, to do that proper follow-up, but have a follow-up system. You know, less is more. Don't over-promise and go, oh, you know, brilliant to meet you and we, we can do X, Y, and Z together and then never follow through because your credibility has just been shot. So yeah, totally. follow-up and not doing it right and sales are, the, are definitely the two big no's, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that there. Um, obviously, we're all on lockdown. Um, this is a famous question because we're all trying to adapt. But how has the current situation affected you in your business and how have you adapted? Well, lots of uh, impact, I suppose. Um, saw what was coming with the lockdown quite early and adapted immediately to bring it, take everything online. I was lucky that I already used Zoom and Skype and and, and teams and things already. So I, I sort of knew the basics on the tools, the one-to-one work that I do um, around networking and marketing. Um, so I took all the events online. It's meant I've not had to cancel anything, which has been great. And um, even though I was due to have a break during uh, East, over Easter in, in April, I decided to put events back on because it wasn't the time to disappear and take a break, even though I now wasn't obviously going on holiday. I just didn't want to disappear out of view um, online. Um, so I've adapted in terms of creating a virtual brand, calling me virtual and, and just trying to make, put on extra things under that brand. Um, I have put a lot of member things in place. I'd, I'd started membership only last year. I've made sure that I've been focusing on looking after them the most, making sure that there are, uh, is a members uh, support group on Facebook and, members support and a WhatsApp group so that they hear about the, the events and the news and I can share stuff with them, uh, first before everyone else you know it's important members and regulars as well regular attendees are looked after so there's some of the things I sort of uh, you know immediately to put in place yeah it's impacted massively um I, I work with small businesses and um, my market small businesses a lot of them are really struggling which would means for anyone that's not a member that was still having to pay um they are struggling and, and telling me so that it just isn't obviously a, a priority to be out networking and b and they just don't have the funds I've put on a lot of free stuff as well, um, but I can't do every, every single thing for free. And I am encouraging them to still network, even if they don't feel like it, just to stay visible. So I'm doing a lot of one-to-one calling, ringing around people who I've not seen for a while and seeing if they're there. The, the newsletters and emails are invariably hitting an awful lot of out-of-offices and a lot of messages about people being on furlough, which can mean, you know, the, the database that I did have is, is, is obviously uh, in some cases fairly academic. So I've taken to other media streams instead and done a lot more old-fashioned uh, direct uh, email messaging, texting, calling people. Because if that email just, if my newsletter just lands on a, a bounce back out-of-office, it's not going to reach the person. And even on furlough, they are allowed to join in for the purposes of training. And a lot of the things we're doing cover training and self-development. So loads going on, loads impacting the, um, the businesses who would ordinarily be my, my attendees and my clients. So have you got many events? Um, well, have you had many events that you've had to cancel that are coming up? Obviously, face-to-face events at certain venues that um, um, you've had to close. 
Mm, in terms of um, Colony, I haven't cancelled a single thing. Um, I, I will run an event where there's the one person or 100 people. Um, you know, if it lets one person down, in my mind, it's not the right thing to do. So I've carried on running everything under the Colony brand. Um, the physical events that I have had to postpone rather than cancel, I would stress the word postpone because I, I always see everything through. Um, hopefully in the end, um, I'm involved with TEDx Warrington. I got the license for that late last year, announced earlier this year. It's been on my wish list for about um, five or six years to deliver a TEDx event. I was super excited. We'd um, got so far down the planning and it was due for June. That has been postponed. Uh, a provisional date of November, realistically, I think it will be into next year because the economy needs to bounce back as well, not just um, physical event formats, which, you know, they will be the last thing to return in terms of having mass gatherings. So uh, TEDx has been postponed, which is a real you know, gutting, but it's the right thing to do, obviously. LinkedIn locals, uh, they have been postponed because they were all about physical connection and meetup. They weren't an online concept. And then my private events, because as well as doing my own brand of events and support, I work with organizations on running their own uh, business development events whether it's a launch or or even just taking things into webinars seminars workshops that kind of thing where i am based in lynn business center which i manage we have a, a, a an event room that uh, hosts lots of workshops and all those have had to stop so whilst i can support people go online um the original concept of running an event that work that work has all stopped temporarily though and um and the center and the, the bookings for that room have, have stopped so there's lots that stop but we're just trying to find other other ways of delivering something similar in the meantime yeah and everyone's in the same boat aren't they and it's heartbreaking really because we just don't know the answers do we we don't know what the future will hold we don't know obviously how close people can we all sit round tables again next to each other at these events you know we're going to be two meters apart three to a table sort of thing we just don't know the answers do we so it must be very frustrating when it's out of your control really i think it's just it's about focusing on what um you can change though and and there is you know uh, plenty of quotes around that in terms of you know crack on with what you can do stop worrying about what you can't change focus on what you can and uh, I think it's the serenity prayer, isn't it? You know, you yeah. just, we, we can't control this situation that we're in. And as much as sometimes we can get a little bit down with it, and we all do, I, I try my best to just not turn on the news too much, to, to hang out with positive people, to make sure that I'm putting on events where I know I'm giving value and support to people. And then that motivation spurs you on to doing more and more and more. Um, because there's loads we can do. And even this morning, someone texted me and said, Gosh, I've just heard you, you, you're putting content together for the local radio station and, or you're working on this. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm pursuing all avenues because we've no idea when this spits us out in six months or a year, what my business will look like. I had a business plan for this year and for the three years and five years. It's all on its head, as most people's is at the yeah. moment. I just, number one goal is that we survive and we pop out the end. And if we're doing something a little bit different and offering other services, if I'm not doing events and doing something else, so be it. But let's move with the times and modify definitely definitely so what advice would you give to people who have never never networked or who think it's pointless doing it especially in the current climate so network if you, if you look at networking it's um, a subset of marketing and if you look at marketing that's a subset of you know one of the big functions within business so we we generally accept that we need to market and stay visible often people start slashing the budget on marketing and therefore networking too when times are hard they focus on the essentials and that's fine you know i understand that if, if money is tight but we have to remain visible or or when somebody wants to be able to buy your product or service 
you are not there in their mind and it's staying in people's minds. So I would say that, you know, it is absolutely essential in some form to stay visible through plenty of marketing and some networking. Given the current climate, there's plenty of networking out there for free as well. And if people are really struggling financially, I would, I would urge them to try to reach out and try to find things that are uh, available for free because there's always free solutions. I'm not saying they're necessarily always best, but there are always free options in any market, whether it's networking or something else. And for those that haven't networked before and think, well, should I, should I, and why would I bother starting now? I mean, generally, if you've not networked, you know, you, you're then not in a position to, have, to really comment. If you've not tried it, how would you know? Um, but if you're going to try things, do some of the basics to make sure that you get to the right place. One of, one of the exercises I always do with private clients who want to learn networking skills and, and put a strategy together is we, we do think about their why, work out their networking why. Why do they need to network? Who are they trying to reach or what problems are they trying to sell? And then from there, you can work back and think about, well, where should they be going? Who do they need to meet? Where will they be when those people? And those people are moving actually, uh, moving around at the moment, networking events and times of day to interact are all changing at the moment. So that's quite complex. But how do you reach them? And then when you're in front of them, what do you say? And how do you say it? So there's lots of skills around that. But in the very first case, it's just thinking about, well, shall I give it a try? And then let me do my homework or get help from someone to do that homework on where should I go that's a nice, gentle, ease-in solution. Let me do my homework on what the events are like. If it's a physical event, you know, from everything from are you standing, are you sitting, are you eating, are you having coffee, are you dropping in, are you, are you in a coffee group, are you in a big, you know, huge format, 100 people in a room. All these kind of things and, and really doing the homework with the organiser and making sure that in a perfect world, either they're there to welcome you on the first visit online or offline or you go in together with someone you know so that you've got a little bit of a comfort blanket first time there's a million tips on how to network for the first time i could go into but i would really say you know researching it and reaching out and getting support before you dive in on your own is, is a very good first step but give things a try because you never know where they might go and, and right now networking isn't really networking in its, in its usual sense I, I replace the word networking at the moment with support learning and connection because it really is about all those things at the moment just seeing us get through through this phase with the right networks and tribes of people around us yeah definitely so um where do people start then if they'd like to consider networking for business or maybe community reasons if they've never done it before they're a bit afraid of it you know where, where can they start yeah well there's loads of places to look for events i mean um it, it obviously just uh, going to a standard sort of Google search will throw up lots of results. There's various um, event listing sites, the likes of an Eventbrite. Obviously, when you put events in there, it will throw up everything, not just networking. Um, there's networking search sites as well where you can look for events. And then if you go to your particular area and to what I'd call sort of connector organisations, organisations that are working with businesses, potentially with uh, schemes and programmes and funding, in growth hubs, uh, you know, business centres, um, council bodies even um, for Warrington, you know, Warrington Co, for example, you know, you, you've got Cheshire and Warrington Growth Hub, you've got Growth Hubs in Manchester, uh, uh, Chambers are another source, but then all your independent networking groups, because networking falls under the camp of either you've got franchise groups or you've got independents, or you've got networking activities run by organisations as well. So there's sort of three, three sort of areas where there's networking. And I think going through and doing a real thorough search of, um, of, of everything that's being offered because some things are very much more geared towards business or even specific sectors as well you might have professional sector type networking or food sector 
and you might find that you're in a business that needs certain a certain levels of support and you want to mingle with same type people other people say oh gosh no i'd never want to mix with the same type people how on earth will i thrive in that environment when other people are competing well you know don't think competition think you know think the fact that you could bounce ideas off each other and get support maybe even share work so be open to anything but use those kind of big connector organizations that share information um, use the, the franchise networks and use the independents and go and have a look at what they're doing research online and ask around i mean just reaching out on social media through facebook and linkedin and sort of saying where do people network and using the hashtag to make sure that kind of it, it creates a you know a, a, a sort of it, it trends and people can who are searching networking it actually indexes and then they can jump in on that conversation you'd be surprised how much comes back both for business type events as well as community field type networking which is more maybe events around community purpose and charitable sector. So social media really isn't enough, is it? I mean, that's a start for a lot of people, but it isn't enough. No, personally, I don't think so. Um, I, I'm on social media all, all day. I wouldn't say all, all day, every day. Every day, but not all day. I, I make sure I try to do pockets of it. It's harder at the moment because the timetables are all over the place, but I do go morning, lunch and evening. And the posting times have all just changed, you know, are completely different now in terms of when you get engagement. So it's really hard when you think exactly. you, know, you were originally yeah. doing something at eight to nine in the morning, for example, was peak time when people are traveling. Now everything is switched around and you might find people are more available in the afternoon because it's homeschooling and loads of other events happening in the morning instead. So you have to just test a lot when things are going out, but generally posts and social media interaction where you're reaching out for help and support generally will yield really great results. Whereas obviously posting out for the purposes of promoting and just saying your message might get less support so the, the best thing on social media is share your experience be honest be authentic just kind of reach out for help and ask ask for ideas and resources and probably find people start engaging with you and um, but that uh, and eventually in time when we get the um, the face-to-face -face back again I think the combination of the two together is really important but whilst you can't meet up in person do more than social media pick up the old pick up the phone send someone a note send someone a letter whatever it might be but pick up the phone because that's the next best thing to obviously um doing this zoom's great obviously that's a, a great solution but it's it's strange because we're it's a bit staggered and delayed sometimes and yeah that that's a trouble and yeah. everyone's using zoom it's amazing isn't it everybody's using zoom we need to get shares in zoom at the moment what, what would we do without it <laughs> I know, and we're getting a bit of Zoom fatigue, which is the big thing everyone's yes. talking about, because the concentration levels when you're on Zoom versus face-to-face -face are very, very different. And, and I think you just have to think about sort of doing things differently. It's, it's hard when you get a screen of 20, 30 people and you're all in little celebrity square boxes or looking at yeah. you and you're trying to watch the body language of everyone and see when to talk and you cut each other up and all sorts of things happen. I think we're all learning on the job, though. But yeah, there's some definitely. great things to run through Zoom, some great resources. And look out for the things that are coming out that are different all the time. I mean, next week I'm, I'm going to be doing um, speed networking through Zoom. So we're online speed networking. It's going to be crazy, but I've had a test run and it's worked fine. Um, I'm also doing a, a bring a relative to work thing, whether it's a child or a different relative. You don't have kids. Um, just try, because we've got people walking in and out the background and, and interrupting our day. So let's just be a bit more flexible and say, let's try a few different things. So we're not just in that sort of conventional sort of event format of all just going right okay next introduction let's go around the room like the round robin you know the circle of death that we 
we've been used to in some environments before so it's so true isn't it because i was watching a program it may have been a book club with richard and judy recently and um i think it was aunt middleton that they were interviewing and his kids were running in and out and it was so funny in the end he just kept them in with his dog it was just crazy but we were all warm to him because of that you know but like i say we're all human if we're at home things are going on in the background aren't they so yeah, if so. we've got, I've got my kids tonight roped into recording bits of audio for the radio, which, um, you know, they're, they're laughing at, you know, why are you getting me to do this? And my, my, my daughter's forever because she's in the room next to me, sort of going, who have you just been speaking to? No, my word, I was listening to all these people introducing themselves. <laughs> what on earth did they all do? And it's quite educational for them, which yeah, is why definitely. I think to embrace that, bring your child on the call if you've got children, or bring your, I don't know, bring your pet. I've actually had a horse on one of my events, believe it or not, because someone was at the stables <laughs> at the time that they... Why the long face? It. Why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was hilarious. But yeah, I think it's, flexibility is the key and we're all human. And if we can't accept that things are going to go right as well, wrong as well as right, then, you know, you're in the wrong environment. Find, find yeah. a group that suits you better. Um, but let's be easygoing with each other, not give each other a hard time. Things are changing every day. Oh, Kirsty, as always, it's lovely talking to you. Thank you for all your information. And uh, I do hope that things get back to some sort of normality soon so you can carry on running your brilliant events. And we'll chat soon. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life with me, Karen Kelly, sponsored by Dane Bank Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you have anything you wish to bring to my attention or discuss on this podcast, then please get in touch. You can email me, Kelly at btinternet.com. It's good to talk with an appetite for life.